Mark chapter 5, 25. I'm not going to be long. I promise you tonight. How many appreciated uh, Pastor Shawnee last week? Yeah. Amen. All right. Mark chapter 5, 25 through 34. If we can get ready to read. I'm going to kind of preach with uh, a little faster momentum tonight. So just stay with me. Put this in your notes. Nothing left but him. We'll preach on the topic, nothing left but him. He's the only option. There's no other option. Nothing left but him tonight. And uh, before I get into that, those of you that um, like to travel with my, my wife and myself, uh, tomorrow morning I will be speaking in Flint, Michigan um, at 2035 Lambden Road at Hand of God Ministries. Tomorrow at noon, their service starts at noon, and if you want to come out and uh, support, you're more than welcome. I'd love to see you in the house. So let me get to my assignment tonight, Mark chapter 5, 25 through 34. Let's, let's read. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, or rather had grown worse, after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? In other words, in other words he's in a crowd, and he's asking a question that just seems to be the type of question that there's no way to answer that. In other words, everybody's touching you, man. You're asking us who touched you? There was something significant about this touch that was different than every other touch, every other hand that was on him that was saying master, rabbi, teacher, all of the grabs, all of the touch, all the contact. There was something different about this touch because what's what I find funny about this is that she didn't actually touch him. She touched his garment. It's one thing to feel contact when somebody touches you. It's another thing to recognize contact when somebody touches what you're wearing. And it was so significant that he stops what he's doing because he's actually on his way. He just got done healing two demon-possessed boys, comes back on the other side of the lake, and he's greeted by a religious Pharisee. Isn't it funny? They love to argue theology with him, but when all hell's breaking loose in their house, they say, Master, come. I need your help. He says, my daughter's sick. He's going with Jairus to go over and to heal his daughter. And then all of a sudden, on the way to heal somebody else, he recognizes a point of contact. And he says, who touched me? And his disciples, are they're baffled. How could you ask us? There's no way for us to give you an answer on that. Everybody's touching you. Now there's something significant about this touch. And he stops. And let's read. Let's continue reading here. Watch this. And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So much to this. I've read this story my entire life, and there's so many things in here that I've missed. 
Because there's a lot more going on than what meets the eye in this passage. We get the idea that a woman is just following after Jesus and all of a sudden she has an issue and she needs a healing. So she runs up and she presses away and she touches the garment. She's healed and she goes on about her merry way. There's much more happening in this passage than what meets the eye. And so if you'll hang with me for a second, let's dig because I really want to bring this home to you because it's going to minister to the situation that some of you are walking through right now. This is really a very significant story for several reasons. Number one, she was sick for 12 years. Somebody say 12 years. 12 is the number of government and order. In other words, she was literally at the end of an old government getting ready to step into a new order. That God was getting ready to rearrange the government of her life. He was getting ready to take the old way of thinking and change all of that around. Okay, so this is significant because 12 is a very significant number. But watch what happens here. I want, I, want to, I want to bring out this point because this is really, really important. Put this down if you're taking notes. How she touched Jesus was important. How she touched Jesus was important. It wasn't just that she touched Jesus. It was where she was at in her life at that moment that made it important. The Bible says that she literally had spent all of her resources, everything that she had in savings, everything that she had had stored up for the future, everything that she may have wanted to retire off of, all of her job, uh, the, the resources that her job or her work had gave her over the years. She spent all of that on physicians because she was trying to fix the issue. Twelve years is a long time to be bleeding, and just to bring it home, uh, what she was dealing with was a, a menstrual cycle that wouldn't stop. That's what she was dealing with. It's like, you know, we know that women go through their monthly. This was not a monthly. This was uh, 12 years long bleeding constantly over and over and over and over. And women, I, I'm not a woman, so I would not be able to identify, but that's got to be probably the worst day of the month. Am I, am I right? Is it uncomfortable? Because you have to be aware of things that you would usually not be aware of. You have to be conscious of things that you would not be conscious of. You have to put in extra work where you would not have to put in that extra work. It's, there's something happening. Your body's designed to purify itself, to clean itself, to make sure everything is good from the inside. And so what it does is it begins to go through the cycle that God designed. But this was not just a, a monthly cycle for this woman. This was the type of cycle that went on for 12 years now, now it's one thing to go through it monthly, but for 12 years, she had to be sick in her body. She had to be weak, bleeding that much. We're not designed to lose that much blood. Bleeding over and over and over. And this was, a, this was changing her life. This was not like today where you guys can go to the store and get, get things, get, get uh, ibuprofen or something for the cramps and then, and then have the, you know, go, go and get the, the, what do you call them, the maxi pads? I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling. You know, that was the first thing when I got married that really set off red flags. My wife asked me to go to the doggone store and to get some pads. And I came home, what, what did I say? I come home with something that was nothing that you asked for. I came home with diapers. <laughs> I, did, I, I was lost. I didn't know what was going on. And, and, and I thought there was a difference. Like I, Because I, I married a black woman, I, I was asking black women in the store, like, I need an African-American pad. <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> there's no ethnicity to these pads. She was like, baby, baby, it works for everybody. I said, <laughs> I said well, well, man. <laughs> well, 
Y'all got your own shampoo. You got all this stuff. How come you, the pads are different? <laughs> I didn't know. My God, I, I've never been with a woman. She wearing stuff on her head at night. And I was like, what is going, what is, what are you doing? What are you doing? Who is this person? Hey, Shadow Moshatow, where is the woman I married? <laughs> Ten years, baby. I'm, I'm a pro now. I know she got my kids walking around with those handkerchiefs or whatever you put on your head. Hey, come on now. <laughs> help, Pastor Tim, help. Where's Pastor Oz? Where you at, man? I need some help. All right, 12 years she's been going through this cycle, man. All right, 12 years she's been going through this cycle. This isn't just her average touch. Lost all of her resources, by the way. Not only that, can you imagine going through to where you have to go to every physician possible, and they're all trying to put you on this self-help cure, and you're paying these people to diagnose you and then also give you some type of a remedy for your situation. And all of them are failing to where she's absolutely broke. She's exhausted all of her resources. There is no other way to beat this unless God shows up. Every option that she had is gone. Every man-made thought or, or thinking that, 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 she could, that she could rely on has been exhausted Everything is gone. She only has one more opportunity to fix this. If not, she's going to have to live a life as long as she can live in this situation. Twelve years is a long time to be sick. It's not just that she's bleeding for 12 years. Because this is the point I want to get to in the story. Real quick, go over to Leviticus chapter 15. We're going to go back to the Old Testament. Before we read this, I want you to put this down in your notes. When she touched Jesus, all she had left was faith. When she touched Jesus, all she had left was faith. The reason why some of us are frustrated, we come to worship services in hopes that it's going to change what we're going through. And you're sure you're touching Jesus, but the problem is you're mixing it with all of your own remedies. You've not lost enough yet to be desperate enough to really get the touch you need. You're still full of mixture. You're hoping that his way trumps your way, but you got your way in the back just in case it don't work. You're not, you've not exhausted enough to, to really get the significant touch because when he touches you, it's not just about fixing the situation you're presenting to him. It's about transforming the heart. There's more that God wants to do with you than just fixing the need that brought you to his feet the first time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're living in a time to where we're doing church, but people ain't getting transformed. They're not being transformed. They, they, like the, they have itching ears that, you know, Paul talks about in uh, 2 Timothy 4, that in the last days that people will have, they'll, they'll reap up teachers. They'll follow people that are teaching them what their itching ears want to hear. In other words, that they get around people that are, that are endorsing what they want to hear. And, and Paul says, be, be, be weary, uh, be careful of that. Be sober. 
He says, be sober. And then he says, endure hardships. In other words, how do you make sure that you're not following a doctrine of uh, 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 satisfying itching ears? You got to go through some stuff. Going through some stuff, enduring, a spirit of endurance keeps us sober-minded. You're a whole lot harder to trick when when you're bearing the things that God wants you to bear. Comfort has always been the enemy to growth. It's never been trials. It's always been comfort. Man, that's good teaching, Pastor. But we don't want to hear that stuff because we're designed for comfort. We love comfort. We spend money on comfort. Comfort is so valuable to us. But you don't grow in comfort. You don't fulfill your purpose in comfort. You don't do exploits in comfort. Amen. You don't help people really change in comfort. You can't change communities comfortable. Amen, somebody? So it's, it's, this, is, this is really important to get to. So Leviticus 15, chapter 15, verse 24. Let's read. Watch this. If a man actually lies with her so that her menstrual impurity is on him. Okay, this is Leviticus is ta- laying down a, a system of rules to the community of the Jewish people. This is under the law. And this is the same rule system that this woman was living under, even in the New Testament. Because at this point, it wasn't the New Testament. Um, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the New Testament. Uh, your Bible never says that, by the way. It's your commentary that says that, and they missed it. Again, Hebrews nine sixteen through 17 says that the new covenant doesn't start until the death of the one who made it. So the new covenant starts at the cross. It does not start in Matthew 1. Galatians 4, 4 is clear that Jesus was born of a woman under law. So he was still fulfilling the law. So you see mosaic mandates that are still on the life of Christ. Amen, somebody? So he's fulfilling the law. So she's still under the law. Thank God he fulfilled it so we don't have to. So watch this. Let's continue. Watch what happens here. So he's talking about women that are on their periods. Watch what he says. He shall be unclean seven days, and every bed on which he lies shall be unclean. Now if a woman has a discharge of her blood many days, not at the period of her menstrual impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond that period... All the days of her impure discharge, she shall continue as though in her menstrual impurity, she is unclean. Any bed on which she lies, all the days of her discharge, shall be to her like her bed at menstruation. And everything on which she sits shall be unclean, like her uncleanness at that time. Likewise, whoever touches them shall be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. When she becomes clean from her discharge, she shall count off for herself seven days, and afterward she shall be clean. Ooh, did y'all catch it? So in other words, what's happening is if she is on her cycle, you're not, according to the law, you're not supposed to, even if married, sleep with her. Okay, according to the law. If you do, you're considered unclean. You have to go before the priest, offer up animal sacrifice, and, 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 and ask for forgiveness. But here's the crazy thing. If she's going through the cycle, you can't even touch her, according to the law. You're not even allowed to touch this woman because she's considered unclean. Her bed, it's not just her. Anywhere she sits is considered unclean. Anybody that touches her is unclean. She's considered unclean. You're not, you're not even allowed to touch her, even if you're married to her. Not even allowed to touch her. I mean, my God, that's, that's a little harsh. But that's what the law is. You're not even allowed to touch her. So this woman, for 12 years, 
have had no contact. That's why the touch was so important. This wasn't just a regular touch. For 12 years, I've not touched anybody. (laughs) Because she's been unclean for 12 years. She never, ever, it never stopped. It just kept bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. For 12 years, the bed that she lay down was unclean. For 12 years, nobody was ever to touch her. For 12 years, the community probably looked at her in judgment. For 12 years, her life has been in shambles because all of the intimacy that a woman wants in her life, she could not have. All of the relationships that she wants, she could not have. She was literally being tormented by this disease. This was her last hope was Jesus. Her last hope was Jesus. For her to go through the crowd was even a miracle because she could not even be, uh, she was never invited to community functions. For her to even go to the crowd and make her way. The Bible says that she touched the hem. The hem is what, the hem is of his garment is what drags behind him, which means that she probably snuck up on him behind the crowd because she didn't want to be seen. She probably, I can imagine her kind of diving and touching the hem in hopes that something happens. She was at the point to where she was so miserable, it didn't matter if she was condemned, she was going to try something. She was willing to face their judgments just so that she could get past this issue. Uh, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying tonight. She was willing to face their judgments because we know church people are good at judging folk. People mad at Kanye, the man's done more for the kingdom in one month than you've done your whole life and you tripping? Get over yourself. My God. Someone said to me, Pastor, well, what do we do if it's all fraud? I said, we love them. It's real simple. You love them. You bring correction where it's needed if you got relationship. You have no business correcting nobody you don't have relationship with. Come on now, rules without relationship breed rebellion. You don't have, you, you, you don't know me. You don't have permission to speak and correct it. Until I know you love me, don't correct me. Come on, until I know you love me, I don't trust you enough. You can say what you want, but it's going in one ear and out the other. I trust people that I know love me. Trust is always the result of knowing you're loved. Can you say amen? Come on, say trust is. The result of knowing I'm truly loved. This woman literally (laughs) was risking it all just to touch him. Just to touch him. Here's what's crazy about it, Pastor Tim, and I'm about to wrap this up. (sighs) The Bible says in Leviticus, I threw this last verse in there because I wanted you to think. It says that when she was cleansed, going back to Leviticus, it says when she is cleansed from her discharge, she is to count off seven days, then she is clean. Notice what Jesus said after. The the miracle is greater than her her bleeding stopping. The Bible says, look at what we go, let's go back to the the original passage here. Mark, go ahead and read that last part for me, Pastor Tim. Watch what Jesus said. Keep in mind the seven days. Watch what he says. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Okay, 
The faith has dealt with the bleeding issue. She's not bleeding no more. Watch what the next part is. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. The affliction is different than the bleeding issue. The bleeding was healed. What was the affliction? The way the community looked at her. Because she wasn't considered clean until seven days after this. It, according to the law, the Bible says when a woman is done bleeding or she's done with her discharge, it said then seven days after you stop bleeding, seven days after you stop bleeding, go and present yourself and then you're considered clean. Another way, the issue stopped at the moment, but Jesus knew now she was going to have to deal with the judgment of the people around her. Only her and Jesus knew she was healed. When she got up from that moment having touched him, everybody that knew her was already standing in judgment at the moment. Because soon as he turned around and said, who touched me? The Bible says she told him the truth, the whole truth, which means that all the crowd, they was there for one person. It's Jesus of Nazareth. When he focused on her, you better believe everybody that was there started to focus on her. Why is she significant? Why did the rabbi turn around? And, why is he talking to her? What is it about her that's so special? And you better believe they knew this is the woman that's been bleeding all over town. This is the woman that's got the issues. This is the one I tell my kids to get away from. This is the one we don't allow her to come into our store. I don't want her in our shop. This is the one that doesn't have a good reputation. It is not because she did anything wrong. It's simply because she would not stop bleeding. Man, we have, as a church, we are good at not touching people that's bleeding. That's the problem with the churches. We keep running from people that are bleeding. They're dying. And we don't want nothing to do with them. We keep running from these people, and that's not the heart of Christ. She found a way, and she touched the hem of his garment, and the Bible says that she was healed instantly. She knew it, he knew it, but nobody around them did. He said, now, go in peace and deal with the affliction. What is the affliction? It's not the issue of blood. The affliction is what the issue of blood cost her relationally all through her 12 years. Because can you imagine, now that she's healed, she has to go back through town. Now that she's able to touch people and have relationship, she's got to deal with the barriers and the mindsets of them viewing her through her old man, through the way she used to be. She did, it, 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 That's why Jesus said, take peace and deal with your affliction. Because you got to have enough peace that you got to have more peace in you that's guiding you. Because people are going to be judgmental. They don't know you've been touched by the master. They don't know your heart's different. They don't know that you're no longer the same way you used to be but you got to have enough peace to override their judgments you got to know that your relationship is real and that you touch God I'm not that man no more I don't deal with that stuff no more there's a new heart that's been put in me now I've encountered Christ and you got to turn around and none of them know what happened in your heart but you got to have enough peace to not let what they're thinking bother you it don't matter what you think of me. I know what's happening in my heart. It doesn't matter the history that you're holding me captive to. I got enough peace to where I can sleep at night no matter if you're mad at me. I got enough peace to sleep at night no matter if you don't want to forgive me. 
I know that I've been forgiven. I know that I am no longer condemned. I know that there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. You don't know what it took for me to get out of my house and to get in the middle of a crowd that was judging me for 12 years and to crawl and finally catch up to the master. I see Jesus stopping. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody, something just left, virtue left my body. I'm on my way to heal somebody else. Somebody just got healing before I even got to my assignment. Only faith can make a withdrawal like that. Only desperation can make a withdrawal like that. That's the problem. We're not experiencing transformation. You're not desperate enough yet. You think you've lost enough. You've not lost enough until he's your last option. That's when the miracles start taking place. That's when the supernatural takes place. When the only way out, the only way this works is God shows up and we all go home. That's how transformation works. To where you're finally convinced that your way is wrong. That it's going to lead you to a dead end. That your reasoning is against the will of God. That you have, that there's enmity between you and God. That there's hostile thoughts. That our reasoning is at war with the purpose of God. They didn't know. They wanted her to wait seven days, Pastor Tim. They just didn't know she touched the seventh day. (laughs) She had already touched the seventh day. He is the Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. They said, man, who do you think you are? We don't work on the Sabbath. Jesus said, man, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. You don't know who you're talking to. I am the seventh day. All Sabbath literally means in the Hebrew is rest. I am the rest. I am the rest. You don't realize in me you recline. In me you rest. Cease from your own labors. You trust me now. I've already done it. I am the rest. She touched the seventh day. Jesus didn't require for her to wait seven days, but people did. I'm telling you, I want to talk to you about people that don't believe you've been changed. There's people in your life that will judge you and hold you to your past and hold you to your failures. They'll hold you to those things. Listen to pastor. Now I'm telling you, they will hold you to that stuff, but don't let the enemy use them. You have to know that what you've experienced in God is real. And your heart has changed. We talking about, come here, baby. We talking about 10 years of marriage, y'all. I made some mistakes in 10 years. A decade's too long to live perfect. I've made some mistakes in 10 years. I thank God for a woman that loves God, but then also loves me. I would do things that are stupid and dumb. I have no problem sharing it because I'm free from it. I do things that are stupid and dumb, and then I would... Once I encountered God and got free from the situation, I would expect her to embrace that freedom and just, baby, you're supposed to trust me now. I didn't realize that I encountered God, but it's going to take her some time before she sees the fruit. You know, in Leviticus, it talks about, Leviticus 19, Chris, remember this. It says that another command that was given to the Hebrew children said that when you grow fruit on trees, don't eat from it until the fourth year. In other words, let it let it grow for four years. Don't eat until four years are gone by. Fruit. You know, the problem is is that as soon as we start producing fruit, we want everybody to eat from it instantly. 
We want everybody to eat from the fruit instantly. We don't want we don't want to wait. And when you've been hurt, the first thing that you do by default is you start stepping back and waiting to see if you can actually trust again. And I wasn't giving her permission to do that. I was saying, no, 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 I'm changed. Come on, you got to accept it now. (laughs) Not realizing that the pain that I caused her, she's got her own process that she has to go through now. I had to get to a point to where I knew that God had dealt with that issue in my heart. And so now that he's dealt with the issue in my heart, I have to hang on to that experience. Just keep doing what God told me to do. And eventually it's going to break through to where trust begins to come forth again. Fruit, let it ride a little bit. Don't force people to eat from your tree. Don't force people to eat from your tree. Make it available. But don't force feed. All I'm saying to you tonight, I don't know what you're dealing with, but I'm telling you, God will show up in supernatural ways when he's the only option. What you're wrestling right now is your own reasoning. You keep trying to do this in your own thinking. And there's more that God is trying to do with you than what you can even fathom. Your life is so much more than what you're even trying to figure out right now. You're sitting here tripping about one issue. God says, man, no, 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 no. When I show up, I'm going to deal with a whole lot more than that one issue. That one, it's like the man that brought the possessed boy to Jesus. Man, the guy says, man, heal my son. And he starts talking to Jesus. The next thing you know, the guy's saying, Lord, <laughs> I, uh, I believe, help my unbelief. The, 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 the whole thing switched. It was supposed to be about the boy that was being tormented. He gets into a conversation with Jesus, and Jesus is now dealing with him. And the man starts realizing his own unbelief. You can't talk with Jesus without him exposing something that he wants to get to. <laughs> I'm telling you, what you're dealing with is more than what you're presenting to Christ. And he's trying to wait till you're desperate enough to abandon your reasoning so that he can get some real things to you. The supernatural is coming to pass in your life, but you got to be desperate enough for it. He's got to be the only option. you got to quit giving yourself a way out. It's time for us to man up, to grow up, and to say, listen, I'm here. I'm going to serve the purposes of God. Whatever that looks like, do with me. I'm really surrendering at this point. It's a real surrender. I'm not putting one foot in and keeping another foot out just in case. I'm diving in, and it's got to be you that makes it happen. That's what he's looking for. That's when the purpose of God comes to pass. Can you stand with me? Hallelujah. Can you just give God a praise?